Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I think I'm a little nervous right now because I never record my intros with my guests in the Zoom room. But right now I have my guests here and I am so excited to introduce them. So I'm just going to do it because otherwise I don't know what I'm going to say, what my nerves are going to like get me into. Um, today's episode is super special. I'm so, so honored to have Sam and Parker, the guys of Elevation Nation and the guys of many other amazing things here with me right now. Guys, welcome to the show. Alana, well done on the intro. I know that when we gave you an intro on our podcast, Elevation Nation, Parker and I like to riff, go from the top of the dome, and you're right. It is nerve-wracking, but we're all family at this point, and you did a wonderful job. Thank you for the great intro. We are so hyped to be here, ready to answer all the questions that your listeners have, ready to get introspective and show you how we are elevating our dating and relationship life. Hell yeah. Wow. That, why, why, I should have just had you start the podcast episode off. Yeah. He's the one who brings the energy. He's like, gets it going. He's going to hype yeah. all of us up. Wait, can you guys introduce yourselves so everyone gets a feel for who's who, learns the voices if they're not watching the video on Spotify? Um, go watch the video on Spotify. Also, go follow ElevationNation.io on Instagram and go subscribe to Elevation Nation and then come back and listen to this episode. Oh, but also go listen to my episode because I have never had such a good time recording an episode on someone else's podcast or maybe even on my own podcast than I did with these guys. And we had never actually like talked before. And you would think that we all have known each other for 20 years listening to that episode. So thank you guys for having me. It was literally amazing. But seriously, guys, go check that episode out. Okay, introduce yourselves. (laughs) Summer is approaching. Wedding season is right around the corner. And if you're anything like me, That means it's time to stop ordering in unhealthy food and start cooking delicious, healthy meals at home so you can feel your best and look your best. But Alana, ordering in so much easier and everything sticks to my pan. It's not even fun to cook anymore. I hear your complaints. I've made them a million times myself, but guess what? I have a solution. It's time to ditch the chemicals with Caraway Homes' non-toxic cookware and bakeware collections so you can make healthy cooking a piece of cake. Caraway Homes' non-toxic kitchenware are all designed for the modern home and feature a chemical-free ceramic coating so food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce compounds will leach into your healthy ingredients. I feel like a new person ever since getting my gray saute pan from Caraway Home. Not only does it make my whole kitchen look stunning, elevated, and adult, it actually makes cooking so much more fun and easy, and it makes me want to cook more knowing that it's non-toxic and eco-friendly. In addition to leading to the best date night ever, Caraway's cookware and bakeware products are also the perfect gift for your newly engaged friend or your friend who's getting married this summer. I have so many weddings coming up and I cannot wait to stock up all of my friends' kitchens with Caraway Homes cookware and bakeware. Visit carawayhome.com slash seeing other people to take advantage of this limited time offer of 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com, that's C-A-R-A-W-A-Y, home, H-O-M-E, dot com slash seeing other people or use code seeing other people at checkout. All right. Well, first of all, I want to say that the goal of this episode is to make it better than the one that we had last week. So it becomes your favorite episode ever. But hey, everyone, my name is Parker Yablon. I am co-host, co-founder of Elevation Nation with my buddy Sam here. Uh, Sam and I met Oof, way too long ago. Freshman year at the University of Maryland, have been best friends ever since. Uh, we started Elevation Nation during the pandemic, and now we are 150 episodes in. 
meeting with really awesome people who are elevating their life in the real world in their 20s. Uh, so we have really cool, unique conversations with a ton of people. We release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, but me personally, I work at a big four company as a consultant uh, that pays the bills. I guess Elevation Nation is not there yet. Hopefully one day. Uh, on top of that, I live in New York City. Um, big sports guy, big music guy, big foodie, not as big as Sam. Um, so yeah, that's me. I'm really excited for this, Alana. I'm so excited to have you. And I want to get to Sam's intro, but I have to ask the question that is on every girl's mind listening to this right now, because when every girl flips through a dating app, they see consultant and they're like, well, what even is that? And I have gone on dates with many a consultant. I have been friends with many a consultant. I have no fucking clue what that means still to this day after knowing and hearing about it. Can you explain for all the girls out there who are still confused by all these dating app profiles and also might assume things when they see the word consultant written down? You know, for all the girls and guys, I'll have to say, like my mom has no idea what a consultant is. My girlfriend has literally no idea what a consultant is. My dad, I don't think he does either. Uh, they think we. I work for the CIA, which I do not. Um, but or do you? you just, That's what exactly what you would say if you did work for the CIA. You would okay, say you do enough, not. Fair enough. I'll say this. We help people fix their problems. Simple as that. All right. It's kind of what we do here too. So I'm a yeah, consultant. Exactly. Yeah, I think consultant is a pretty broad term. I, we don't need to get into the like the nitty gritty. It's so boring when we get into really into it. I mean, maybe Sam's job is a little bit cooler than mine, but you know. Sam, go ahead. Take a stab That's at it. Debatable. Um, hey everyone, my name is Sam Panich. I am the other co-founder and co-host of Elevation Nation. Parker said, we're kind of on a mission to help young adults elevate themselves to the next level and figure out how to navigate their young adulthood, specifically life in their 20s. Um, we built that company out of necessity, to be perfectly honest. Parker and I were both really struggling, um, graduating from college, graduating from Maryland, and joining the real world. And we realized we weren't alone with those struggles, um, especially with COVID now. So we started Elevation Nation to help like-minded young adults figure out how to navigate their 20s and take themselves one step higher, elevate one more level in their dating lives, in their health, in their fitness, in their mindset, in their wellness, relationships, everything in between. Um, because a lot of times you can feel stuck as a young adult. So that's why we started Elevation Nation, who I am, uh, originally from Chicago, Illinois, uh, went to the University of Maryland where I met Parker. Uh, we might have to get into that story of how he first met me, um, but we've been best friends ever since. And I also, believe it or not, am a consultant. Um, so to describe what I do, CIA, I like to say, ooh. yeah, exactly. I work for the CIA. Um, no, I help companies build websites and apps. And no, I don't actually know what a consultant does, but pays the bills, <laughs> like Parker said. So we're here. We're but, excited. But it's what's and on we, your resume and what's on your Hinge profile. Exactly. Exactly. Do you, say, do you so have a consultant on your Hinge profile, Sam? No, I put uh, UX like app developer or something. I was trying to sound cooler. Oh, that's sexy. That's like it does sound a lot. That's yeah. like really cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it does reflect what you do. Totally. Work, so it's okay. Because a consultant doesn't actually do anything, right? We don't know what they do. It's all fake. So yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you are a consultant, that is not permission to go put UX designer on your <laughs> app profile if that's not what you actually do. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Well, I have to ask before we get into anything else, tell me how you guys met. Because obviously, oh, you know, you lived happily ever after. So fell in love with each other. I need to I hear really worry. Like, I want to know how Sam tells this story because I have a very I'm gonna tell the PG version and you can't tell the R-rated version because this is public. But essentially, oh um, we were at a freshman year party at Parker's apartment that I somehow got invited to. Didn't know anyone. And if you can't tell, I'm pretty energetic and I try to be personable. And I think it was probably our first week of college. I went up to every person in that room and like gave them a big old hug as if I'd known them forever. And Parker is when Parker gives me a hug still to this day, he still like pats me on the back awkwardly. Like he doesn't even give me a real hug. People are such funny huggers. It's so broad spectrum of hugging. It really is. And I'm one of those people who are like, bring it in. I'll give you a big old hug. And I did that without ever meeting Parker. And I think I made him extremely uncomfortable and I left his apartment and he was like, who the fuck is that weird ass kid who came in here and was so hot, like gave everybody a big old hug was so energetic Little did he know he's going to be stuck with me for the rest of his life. So, hey, Parker. Uh, uh, from my end, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like walking <laughs> into my apartment, just like comes up to me, literally like he knew me for all this time, like a big hug. Like I'm just sitting there like what? And then I'm asking my friend, like, do you guys know him? Do you guys know him? And I was like, <laughs> no, but he gave me a big hug, too. And I think that just goes to show who Sam is, you know, he just like likes to meet people and he likes to give big hugs. But from there, I was like, I literally said to my roommate, Miles, and I said, I'm not going to be friends with that guy. There's just no way. There's absolutely (laughs) no way. He's too much. He's too in my face. He's doing like, and like Sam said, now we're here. Sam, I have a very serious question for you. Please. Was the has the pandemic been difficult? Like social distancing, not being able to hug people like that. It's interesting you say that. Uh, I've definitely noticed it because I'm a big hugger. I like to dap people up, give a big bro hug, you know, and not being able to do that has been very, very weird. I show my affection and my love with very large hugs and it has been hard. But I think we've we've lost a lot, unfortunately, Alana, with the pandemic. I think the subtle niceties of society have gone away. And Parker and I have talked about this a little bit on Elevation Nation, little things like holding a door open for a stranger even, right? We try to keep our distance now. So it's it's really interesting to see how the pandemic has shifted some of our physical and emotional preferences out in society. But yeah, I miss hugs. Alana, when I see you in New York, get ready. You and Jake, big old hug for me. I'm expecting the best hug of my life. <laughs> High expectations, and I have a feeling they will be met. And Um, if he's in a room with other people that you know, and he does them all too, yeah, you have to expect that he's going to hug everyone else too. I love that. I really love that. I really do. Though I also would be like, "What the fuck?" At first, if I didn't know you, exactly, totally fair. Fair. All right. Okay. I have a ton of questions for each of you. I have a ton of listener questions and just a ton of kind of general questions. I'd say about 75% of the people who listen to seeing other people are women. And so I love when I have guys on the podcast so that I can ask you guys questions on behalf of all the girls and kind of just maybe bust some myths, like get to the bottom of some misconceptions about dating. But before we do that, can you each, Parker, we'll start with you, give a little description of what is going on in your dating life at this moment. 
Well, I don't consider my life to be dating. Like I, it's I'm not, not a dating, dating life. life. It's not dating life. Uh, yeah. I have been with my girlfriend for let's see, four years now. We met at the University of Maryland. She was a year younger than me. Um, you know, after gra- I was a year older, so I graduated. She went abroad. When she came back, we made it serious. And um, yeah been with her since and we now live in new york city together we lived in dc separately and we made the move to new york new roommate new city that's the way i like to put it oh i love that and sam and i am in dc uh pretty recently single actually um and yeah just navigating life in my 20s but we love parker's girlfriend and roommate jj she's the best shout out jj yeah, we'll just call her JJ for now on. No Parker's right. girlfriend anymore. Parker and JJ, Sam and Sam. That's me. It's me, myself, and I right now. It's funny you say that, but my wonderful ex-girlfriend who I grew a ton from being in a relationship with, her name is actually Sam. Sammy. Oh, so shit. It was, it was funny that you said that. I was like, wow, you did your research. I'm sure she's listening. She's amazing. Fantastic. Um we actually talked today. So she's an incredible person. And I think you can learn a lot from your past relationships. I think it's important to try to learn from them and grow. And we both kind of, we both agree that we are better people because we did date each other, but now we're seeing other people. So there you go. I see what you did there. Thank you. I mean, I love that you have that perspective and that hindsight, you know, you can be mature about a breakup. You can go through a breakup. You can realize like, I am better because of this person and I do wish them all the best. And I feel like it's actually really hard to end a relationship on good terms like that and to like want the best for that person. So if you're comfortable talking about it, I am really curious, like why you think your breakup went that way and and how you each navigated it so that you could wish the best for each other and like think back positively on the relationship. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think um, mutual respect and communication was the key. Um, you know, we both obviously care a ton about each other. And just because a romantic relationship for the long term at this point in time, like didn't work out, I think because we communicated so well and had so much maturity and respect for each other, that we didn't want to end on bad terms. Like we still cared about each other. Um, not all my relationships have been like that when they've ended. Um, but this one in particular, I knew how bad I felt from other ones that ended poorly. And I knew that I didn't want to ever put someone through that, nor do I ever in the future. So it was really important to me that I was as respectful as possible. And she returned the favor right back to me. And it really made for, you know, a great friendship as well moving forward. I love that. And that's, that's really, really impressive. And it's really hard to do. But I think you're absolutely right. Like, respect and communication, go such a long way. And I think what happens with most breakups is there's a lot of assumptions happening. There's a lot of blame and pointing fingers. And then there's like hatred, there's anger, there are all these emotions. And people kind of get to that place where they're feeling all these things, but they're, it's to a point where they can't communicate about it in a productive way. Any communication is like yelling. Any communication is like aggressive or angry or blaming. And so I think, yeah, like communication from the start, the second you even realize that like maybe this isn't going to last forever in a romantic sense, like that is the only way to make this happen. Yeah, completely. And listen, like I said, not all my relationships ended like that. Um, And 
it's okay if you need help getting through relationships, right? I know, Alana, we had a great little riff on our podcast talking about therapy for guys and how we want to break that stigma that you need to be broken or have something really wrong with you. I was just trying to process lots of things going on in my life that were making me and shaping me into the man I am today. And so I went to therapy to try to work, not even work through, think through, talk through, discuss some of those things. And so I just want to say that I know not many of your listeners are guys, but if there are guys out there and girls who are nervous about therapy, I think you don't have to be broken to do it. And that can help you through some of those relationships or problems that maybe didn't end as smoothly as the one that I just got out of. Yeah, and 100%. I just want to say the therapist wasn't the only one that Sam was talking to after this. We have a podcast, you know, <laughs> Sam and I are best friends. Like, honestly, I think a big therapy thing for Sam too was hopping on and, and just having a good discussion with a close friend, whether it's recorded or not. And just telling his, you know, I remember when Sam like told me about how he was going through this and it was struggling, but you know, just, having that person, you know, that there's few people that you can go to to help you through. I mean, that, that's super key. And look at him now. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of power in admitting that you're struggling and asking for help. And people are really afraid to do that. I mean, I even have a friend going through something right now where she and her boyfriend just hit a really, really rough patch. And I'm her only friend that she's told and she's actually somebody I met through the podcast, like she came to me for um, dating advice initially, and, and we become very close friends, but she hasn't talked about it to any of her like real life friends, because of the fear that like, well, they'll start thinking badly and poorly about this guy. And what happens if they end up working through it, then they're going to have a bad taste in their mouth, because to him, they're going to have said all these awful things about him. And at first, I was like, you know what, that is actually really smart that you're just coming to me and not them. I think that's correct. If you do see that you could work through this, like you don't want to have them have a bad taste in their mouth about him. So I see that happen a lot. But at the same time, I was talking to her last night. And I was like, look, you have to get, like do whatever you need to get through this time right now. And you might need your friends. And it's okay. Like if you need them to be there for you, then let them be there for you and deal with the rest later. And if you do end up working things out with him, say like you guys talked about it, he, he took like ownership over his actions and how he made you feel like, you know, like you can come back from that, but sometimes it really is hard to like talk to your friends. That kind of brings up a question that I have for you guys in terms of like how much you talk to each other about like, Sam, about your dating life or any relationship issues you've had. Like, I know like girls talk about literally everything with each other for the most part. What, what do guys talk about? Like if you start like going on dates with someone, or if you hit a bump in the road with your girlfriend, like what part of that gets shared with your friends? I guess this question is probably mostly for me here. Um, I tell my single friends way more than I tell Parker. He probably doesn't even know that. I'm admitting it here, Parker. I'm sorry. I love you. Because I feel as though they can empathize with me a little bit easier than not that Parker's not empathetic, but from, you know, Parker's been in a wonderful relationship the past four years. And as he jokes with me, like he doesn't even know how hinge and the dating apps truly work sometimes. So some of those subtle nuances of, you know, these unwritten rules that are in dating apps or dating during a pandemic in COVID when you had to sit outside in the winter and hope that the heat lamp was on, right? Like some of those jokes are funny and he'll get them. 
But some of the other things that face, you know, single guys out there, I think my single friends relate to a little bit more, but I tell them those things. Don't worry, Parker. I still love you, buddy. Yeah, I don't really ask. Uh, Sam just tells, I mean, sometimes I ask to see, like (laughs) you saying you go on a date and whatnot, and I'll ask you how it goes. But I think from my perspective, being around my single friends, and maybe it's because I'm not single and I'm in a relationship, I don't think we talk nearly as much as girls do about their relationships. You're like, what's going on? Um, I don't know. I was, I was talking to JJ and she was like, yeah. So like, what do you, I was like, ask her like, what do you do? I'm like, you know, Norman, I, you guys are hanging out. Like, yeah, we just like, you know, talk about life and boys and this and that. I'm like me. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. She's like, what do you guys talk about? I was like, yeah, we'll catch up. Well, you know, see who's like dating around and and then we'll just talk about sports or this or that. And it's funny, but like, I feel like Sam is more vulnerable when it comes to these types of things. Like Sam is probably the most open about some of his dating experiences than a lot of my friends. Um, I think as a guy, it's kind of difficult at times. I mean, this is just from my outside perspective to even open up to your friends about what's going on. Um, you know, and getting vulnerable enough to say, wow, I really like her. Wow. I, you know, I really see something like, I don't think that happens enough. Why do you think that is? Hmm. I mean, I have a question. Go for it. I think most guys haven't done the work on themselves enough to figure out what they actually want, what they're looking for and how to communicate that properly. Um, and I think, that comes with time that comes with maturity, but it's uncomfortable for a lot of guys to open up about some of those emotions or feelings, right? We've been brought up in this era of masculinity where we think that having feelings or emotions or making mistakes is frowned upon when I try to crack up at them. Like when you mess up or something happens, like try to laugh through it, figure out why you went wrong. I'll take a quote out of Parker's book, right? What do you say, Parker? Nothing is ever a failure. Right? You learn no, from it. I say it's a win win. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. Re- regardless of, this, of any situation, it's a win win. I'm, you know, I'm a positive type of guy, but you can look at the worst of worst situations and always find a way to spin it into a positive. And I think back to Sam's point about it's hard being a guy, especially in your 20s, and being vulnerable. You know, it's written, you know, your entire life, you grow up, you go to, you know, you go to school, you get your good grades, you like become, you know, you're on a sports team, you go to college, you graduate, you get a good job. And like, you want to show that you're doing well. You want to show that you're conquering and, you know, elevating essentially. But oftentimes, you know, you're putting down the emotions and the feelings that come with that, the downside, you don't, you want to show that you're just doing good. When and oftentimes, you know, it not you can't always be good. If you're always good, you're not what is good. That's the way I like to put it. So Yeah, if you're always good, it's like you're not actually being real. If you're always good, you don't care. Like, you know, there's nothing you care about if you're always good because it's literally impossible to always be good. And I think that's actually a really big problem because it's like that's what people show on social media that they're always good. So exactly. That's what makes other people think that they're everyone else is good, so they have to pretend they're good when they're not. No. If you are anything like me and you are going on a date, you're probably like 
nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time. Don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre-date jitters. Um, for me, there were two things that I would do to help with those pre-date jitters. I would always call a friend for a little pump up speech. And I would also take a happy gummy from Mindset Wellness CBD before my date. It would help me stay in the right mood, being excited, being present, but it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date. I love the happy gummies. They are incredible. They taste great. They don't make you feel high or anything like that. They just make you feel like the best version of yourself. So try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date. MindsetWellnessCBD.com. Use code seeing other people at checkout. That will get you 20% off and free shipping. You're exactly right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Okay. I want to get into a few um, of the questions I have. The first being kind of on this topic of, of like the, the mindset that guys have about dating. What problems do you think that guys face in dating? And, and Parker, I do want you to feel like included in this conversation. Like you see, you see your friends go through Shut up, it. Parker. This is my <laughs> show now, bro. But oh what God. problems do you think guys yeah. face in dating that women don't realize? This is your Sam. This is your okay. question. All right. I'll take it. I'll <laughs> with that. Um, I think that guys have a problem with their pride when it comes to dating. And I think sometimes girls mistake that and take it personally. Some actions or lack of actions that guys take, it's not on that girl. It's not on the situation. It's not on what she said. It's a lot of the times comes back to pride and a guy trying to be too proud to, we talked about this, Alana message twice or reach out on a limb and, and circle back with, Oh God, I just said circle back, not at work. Sorry about that. Um, and reach back out to someone a month or two later. And I think Unfortunately, that comes down to pride for a lot of guys and girls, rightly or wrongly so, take that to heart and think that there's something wrong with them for those reasons. Girls, guys are messed up. We have a lot of mental issues that we haven't worked Jeez, through. Sam, go on behalf of right guys. Now. Like, Parker, on be quiet. Guys, Don't ruin the, yeah. This is the video right here. This Come is on, the Parker. clip. This is God. the content clip. <laughs> guys have a lot of emotions and mentalities that they need to work through. And so, don't always take things personally. I promise for the most part, it's not anything that you did. Guys have to work through things and it could be a timing issue. It could be a mentality issue. It's not on you. So that's what I want girls to take away from that. Because I think unfortunately, a lot of women are really hard on themselves when a guy doesn't message back or doesn't ask them out on a second date and think it's their fault. Guys are equally at fault for those situations going in a different direction. But how can you tell the difference between like, are there any signs to look for where it's like, is it me? Because at, at some point, yeah, maybe someone just doesn't like you. And we are all going to face people not liking us. And that's okay. That's literally part of dating. Like, if you think about it, you don't like every single person you go on a date with. So how sure. could you possibly be liked by every person that goes on a date with you? But how do you differentiate like, okay, I went on three dates with this guy and now he's ghosting me because he just doesn't like me and doesn't want to give me the time of day. And I don't like deserve that communication from him for whatever reason versus like, okay, I went on three dates with this guy and I'm not hearing from him. And this is his own issue that he needs to work through. And I don't need to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there is a telltale sign. Sorry to say this, but 
a way that you can look for this one thing and that'll tell you exactly which situation they're in. What I will say, and I'll challenge back to, to you and all the listeners is, are you confident in who you are? Do you feel as though Never. you put it? Yeah, I know. Easier said than done, right? <laughs> but if you feel confident in who you are and how the dates went and your situation, own that confidence, right? That's very attractive yeah. to a guy. And if he makes the mistake of passing you up, move on, be confident and own that you're your best self. I don't think you can ever have a telltale sign of like, oh, that was because I said this, or we went on this date, or I said this thing wrong, or I wore that wrong dress, right? Like it, it should never come down to that. Be confident in who you are. If a guy's working out their shit, they're working out their shit. And you won't ever be able to tell, but be confident enough to, to move on and, and find someone that is ready for you. Yeah, no, I completely like wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think it's really about remembering like, if it is that you said something and they were like, oh, she said that thing, or you are passionate about something, or you have this value that they don't share, that doesn't mean you did something wrong. That doesn't mean you don't deserve love. That just means that this is not your person. And that's okay. And that means there is somebody better out there for you. But I know it's really hard to remember that in the moment. It is hard. How often? How often? Oh, go ahead, Sam. I was going to take a page out of your book here, Parker. Have grace with yourself. Have some grace. Take it easy on yourself. We're so critical. Parker and I talked about this the other day. Parker went on this awesome rant on having grace and being kind to our own expectations. We are so hard on ourselves. We are our biggest critic. Have some grace for ourselves. Dating's hard. Being in your 20s and 30s is hard. Be patient. It'll all come together at some point. I'm still searching for it. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. I have to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you don't know about Anchor, it's Spotify's podcast platform, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free, and you know I love free. Second of all, their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your phone or computer. What could be easier than that? Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you want it played. You can also make money from your podcast, no matter how few downloads you get regularly. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hope you love today's episode. Yeah. Parker, go ahead. I lost my train of thought because Sam was talking Sorry, about grace. Okay. Sam just keeps taking pages out of your book. He's yeah, just going to write your own book. book. I'm sorry, No, but I think to that point, like, you know, you, you get into the real world, there's so much going on. I mean, 
think about relationships, think about, you know, I think of Sam right now, relationships are top of mind, work is top of mind, Elevation Nation's top of mind, being a good friend is top of mind, being a good son, brother, like think about all those things that you value in your life. It's a lot. And when you really write it down and look at it, it could be overwhelming. So why not give yourself some grace? It's not all going to go well. It's not all going to be amazing. So just do the best you can and just realize that, you know, the only thing that happens is time will go on, whether it's good, bad, or in the middle, you just will continue and go and do. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about, you know, just living in general is that there's always the next thing. Yeah. I think going off of that, if we were to like clone ourselves and be a, like our own friend, or like if we were to have a friend tell us all of the things that they did in the last week, in the last month, in the last year, but they were the things that we've done. If our friend sat there and recited those things to us, we would be so proud of our friend. We would be like, oh my God, you are a superhero. Like that is incredible. You should be so proud of yourself. Like you should be celebrating yourself. I should be celebrating you. And like we hold ourselves to the highest fucking standard. And so we never feel like what we've done is good enough or enough or what like we never feel like we did it all. And that's something that I've been really struggling with lately with the podcast, but the content I've been doing where it's like, no matter what I do, no matter like, like I have a video that um, my producer editor, Cammy just literally texted me five minutes before this, a video on Instagram hit 10 million views, a reel I made. And like, that's fucking insane and absurd and ridiculous. But, but the, the, like the six videos I posted since then have not done that well. And so I've been like, damn it. Like I'm off my game. This sucks. Like I like losing my creative, like spark, like I'm, I'm failing. Like I'm never going to have a good video again. And it's just like, Anna, that video just hit 10 million views. That's insane. But like, I can't even celebrate that because Mm. of everything, you know, like it's so hard. It's the blessing and the curse that we have. I'm sorry, Parker. It's a blessing and a curse that we have as entrepreneurs and people with super high standards is yeah. we never take time to appreciate or be grateful for what we accomplish because we're always moving on to the next thing. Sorry, yeah. Parks, go ahead. I think it's beyond just being entrepreneurs or high performers in any way. I think it's being a young adult in 2022 mm. I agree. Um, where we have this phone technology. We are more connected in to everything else in the world than ever in the history of the world ever before, Right. And our expectations for what we want in our life is so much higher than probably your, like, think about your, if you went back a hundred years, you wouldn't know what the person to the town over was doing. Your expectation is set based upon your perception of your world and what's around you. Now, our expectations are influenced by everything that we see and everything that we take in, whether it's content, people, whatever it is. And now our expectations become so high. But Alana, to your point, maybe you say your expectations, wow, I want to hit 1 million views on TikTok and you hit 10. Now your expectation gets higher and right, 10 a lot. But now now every time I don't meet that, I feel like I'm a failure. Exactly. Now apply that to other areas of your life. You know, with TikTok, it's like you could post every day and, you know, hopefully you get back to that point. But think of, you know, maybe that perfect relationship that you were in that somehow ended 
And then now you're always comparing to yeah. that relationship. That one's done. Take a step back, move on, right? Have some grace. Understand that expectations need to change. And, you know, Sam and I talk about all the time and that that takes some mental fortitude. Have the self-awareness to take that step back um, yeah. and reset, recalibrate. It's 100% the same with dating too, where like I would go on these like ridiculously amazing first dates with people. So then when I, and, and like those things never went anywhere because it was all like, it was just like being caught up in the moment and feeling that like spark that was mostly just anxiety. What is it though? And, like about that? Like, like, is it a cool relation, uh, a cool restaurant? Is it the person? Is it like it, everything in between? Be like, yeah, like we like just like clicked and felt like we had known each other forever. And we ended up like going from the restaurant to a bar, then on a walk through like, like with this New York city skyline. And then it was 3am and we didn't want to like leave each other. Cause it was so amazing. So we just talked until the sun came and it's just like, and then I would never see them again. <laughs> but it's like, like that was my bottom line for like, this is what I want every first date to be. And that's just not realistic. That's not healthy. And it's not, that's not a date that would ever lead to like a healthy relationship, you know, but it's hard because it's like, we have these things, like we have these experiences, we have these people, we see what other people are doing on social media, we see other people's relationships. And we were like, Oh, well, I need my relationship to look like that. You know, I need my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever to do TikTok dances with me because that's what a healthy relationship looks like. And it's like, no, Jake would literally kill me if I like tried to make him do that. But like, that doesn't mean my relationship isn't healthy. It's just, it's That's tough so out interesting. There. We live in a hard, in a hard era for young people. Social media yeah. is crazy, but I feel like we've been depressing for the first 30 minutes of this podcast and very <laughs> real and introspective, which is what we have to do every week. So Maybe we can liven it up with some hilarious stories. I don't know what other questions you have, Alana, but I don't want to bring your awesome mood down with our sad, depressing no, stories about social no, media. This is, but this is real. This is Dude, we're real. elevating right now. Come on, man. We're just That's talking. True. We're just having fun. <laughs> we're elevating. I, have, I do have fun questions that we're going to get to. Okay. Let me ask okay. Parker, the big, the big cue I have for Parker, and then we will get into some of the fun questions and some of the listener questions. Thanks for um, taking over this show. I and, can be so deep forever. Minute. I just felt bad. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's real. It's real. Um, okay, Parker, you've been dating JJ for four years. You've gone through a lot of transitions. You know, you, like you said, like you graduated college while she was still there. Then she graduated college and then you guys were in DC and then you moved to New York together. Like how did you navigate those transitions together? And what do you think looking back, what groundwork did you do from the beginning that maybe like helped you guys establish a really healthy relationship that was built to last from the start? Has a lot to unpack, but I love, I'm going to try to answer the best I can. Um, you know, I, I, I think I tell, I, when I think of when I like knew JJ was like the person for me was we had been talking. Uh, I met her, you know, through some friends, I asked her to a formal, she actually didn't want to come with me I or something like that. So she <laughs> didn't, she declined the first time. And then I just, I guess I kept asking or whatnot. And then we were just hanging at, you know, a bar. We got to really know each other. And then she went abroad. Like we weren't together. Like we weren't dating. We were just like, you know, hooking up in college, you know, just very whatever. Um, she goes abroad. And I remember her telling me like, oh, I'm coming home. Like I'll be in College Park. And I was, 
you know, in DC. So I came back to college park and I like, I never forget like when she got out of the car and I saw her and I was just like, wow, like taken back, like literally like, I can't explain the feeling. It was, it was like, I never felt it before. You just like look at someone you're just like, wow, I missed you so much. And like, it just, it was so special. And I, like, I never forgot in that moment. Um, and I guess, you know, we went to Maryland together. She moved to DC. I was in DC. Then obviously we moved to New York city together. Um, with the, you know, pandemic and everything, like we were actually doing quarantine together. Um, I had to go to Florida with my family. She went to New Jersey with her family. And like, we've been apart for long periods of time too. Um, and I think for us, the thing that, you know, we just, I think we just get each other. And like, I, I don't know what it, what it is. I like there's, there's things I can talk to, but there's just some connection there that it's hard to explain. And it's, it's really special. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, because I understand her probably better than anybody she knows. Maybe, I don't know, her mom would probably not say the same, but there is no one who knows me better than her. Um, and what's great about that is that she calls out my bullshit. She keeps it real, but she's also like my personal hype man. And like, that's really nice sometimes to have. It's nice to always have it. Right. And I hope to, as much, you know, as much as she hypes me up, I'm the same way with her, with all the things that she goes through. And I think that's what makes for our healthy relationship and the things that we've gone through, we've had ups and downs, you know, and everything in between, but that's what brings us back is essentially, you know, that's love, right? Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are a team. You're always like working together, whether it's something you're going through, something she's going through, something you're both going through, like being apart or having to like, like being long distance, having to move. It's like, regardless of what it is, you're working together because you care so much about each other and about both of you figuring it out together. Totally. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I see people thinking that they're doing that, but they're really like truly working against each other. And that's when it's like, well, this isn't a partnership. Like you're trying to blame this person, like, or you're trying to say like, they need to be putting in the effort, but you're not actually putting it in. And, and so I do think that that's something that people should always kind of keep in mind when they are building a relationship with somebody. It's like, it's a relationship. Like you have to be teammates, you have to be partners and you have to be working towards the same goals together and, and doing your best to make each other better at the same time. hundred percent. And I, for a long time thought like JJ and I are, are very different, you know, like we, we just are, um, by like our interest and things that like she likes to do. I like to do the things that she spends her time doing. Like why not? We're, we're very different. We both understand that and know that. And for a long time, I it took me a while to like come to terms with that. And I always thought of it as a bad thing. And um, I even ended our relationship for uh, because I didn't think that like, wow, we're so different. Like, so we took three months off. And in that time, I, I really realized back to that the points I was making before is like there's so much more to a relationship than those material things that you think about on a given day, right? Like, wow, she won't watch football with me. She doesn't like to eat crabs with my family. Like those are all 
byproducts of a great relationship. All those things come with or come without a good or bad relationship. What matters the most is the connection you have, that you know, how much you care about each other and what, you know, like you said, a team. And once I realized that and came to terms with myself, that's when it changed. And, you know, I bring things to the relationship that she never thought she'd ever have in a relationship. And she does the same to me. And that's what's great about being different. You know, everyone thinks that you have to be exactly like your significant other. No way. It's more fun when you're very different. Yeah. And there's so much to learn and, and to explore exactly. and, and understand and yeah, like learn. Um, 100%. I, I love what you said about the byproducts because sometimes you might think they're byproducts of a relationship that you want, that you expect. But then when you actually find that person who it is right with, there are going to be a million byproducts that you never could have imagined that are so much better than the ones that you had wanted or thought you wanted. Hmm. You just didn't know about them because you didn't hmm. know the person yet. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got a few Spitfire questions and then we're going to do a few Q&As. Obviously, we're going for more than 45 minutes, you guys. That was, that was no Sorry. from the beginning. <laughs> do not apologize. <laughs> this, we, we expected this to happen. Okay. I want each of you to go. Let's do Parker, then Sam for all of them. Who do you get your dating and relationship advice from? Oh, man. I don't want to say like... I, I honestly, my mom, that's like the hot, like the cop out, but my mom just talks to me very real. Alana, like she's just, you know, your typical Long Island, like she just straight to the point and she just keeps it real and she keeps it real with JJ and she's, she's just the best. She's great. And my sister, no doubt Colby, uh, she keeps it even more straight than my mom. Uh, but she she definitely has, always has great input and great advice to for for our relationship. Love it, Sam. Um, so I can't say the the mom one, but shout out Sherry Panich. She's the best. Definitely get a lot of advice from her. Um, again, I, I'll revert back to a lot of my single friends. You know, my one of my closest guy friends is single. He's been single with me for a while, and we kind of lean on each other to grow. Uh, shout out Benny Collar. Um, to just kind of learn from each other. He's in New York, he's dating, I'm in DC, like trying to figure it out. And it's nice to have that support system of just really good friends who allow you to be vulnerable and ask stupid questions and figure out this modern dating world that I know seeing other people is helping a lot of people with too. So trying every day. All right. What is your idea of a perfect date? So Parker, date night with JJ. Like a typical or just the perfect? Just the perfect one. Oh, man. I mean, there's really nothing better than sitting with someone in a really special place that you have with, uh, like, for example, JJ. Um, we, when we first got back together, we went to uh, the the steps right in front of the, like the Capitol building. And we just sat there for a really long time, just like catching up. We obviously had missed a little bit of time. And that was just so special. Just being in a beautiful place that is special to obviously all of America, but it's really uniquely special to us too. Um, because that's where we rekindled and we really, we got back together. And like, just from that, I think, 
the perfect date is finding that place that you have a common bond with um, and just hanging out, no phones, just walking under the stars. Like that is what it's all about. Um, and really having good intimate conversation, vulnerable conversation. Damn. I'm going to DC. Parker's going straight like, to the Capitol building stuff. <laughs> writing a romance novel over here. Damn, yeah, you Pete. would never think that like, I don't know, government, DC, romantic, but no, it is. It's really, it really is. Sam's next date, he's going to take a page yeah, out of right. Parker's book. Oh, Jeez. another page. This you page. might as well rip another all the page. freaking pages out, dude. Parker, you influence me, man. Be happy. Um, you're a guy okay. who likes to recycle and all. Obviously, I do too, but like, you're very sustainable. Why are you ripping books out of my page? All right. Pages all out of right. my book. Bad dad jokes. Bad dad jokes. Sorry. Um, sorry. Okay. My, my ideal date would be picking a recipe together that you really want to cook. Going to a market or like, like I just went to the fish market in DC and got some stuff. So fun. Going to that market together, cooking it together with music, bottle of wine, then live music afterwards. And then capital steps under the stars. Look to my left. Parker's there with JJ. Perfect way to end the date. Flashback like three years ago, I'd be to your right at 3 a.m. Exactly. <laughs> on that first date. <laughs> I just think it's so funny, like Alana, because you asked Sam and me about the perfect date. Like Sam has this whole like thing cut up. We have a schedule. We're doing this, then this, and this. <laughs> JJ and I are like, hey, you gotta just like walk to the steps and just hang out and look at the stars. Sure. That's a great night. Well, you already know each other. I know, but I just think it's funny, you know, how different know. the answers are. I know. Okay, next question. Uh, would you rather drunk text your ex or your boss? You're up, Parker. Uh, my boss, no doubt. Like, if I drunk text my ex right now, it'd be really weird. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> my, my boss is so cool. Again, I'm not a consultant. I do UX design, so, you know, boss is cool. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you're a consultant. Who would your hall pass be? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, is this for me? This is for you. Fuck. JJ, are you listening? Listen closely. It's a hypothetical. Don't worry. We're not giving him a hall pass. You got this. I was asked this question before on our podcast, Alana. And you know what I said? What'd you say? I didn't have anybody because I just love uh, JJ so much. Ooh, cop out answer. JJ, we and love you, but did, like, and then they did that exact thing. Boo, cop out answer. I just, I can't. I, it's like it goes against my morals. It really does. I can't say anybody. I respect it. I support it. Sam, um, I very much like the actress from Queen's Gambit right now. I think she's very unique looking mm. and very pretty. She so. is. You like? I, I you just like want to stare at her, kind of. Yeah, I just think so... she's a stunning looking human being. Yeah. And yeah, no doubt. I like her. I like her accent, her little twang, I guess. And we could play chess afterwards and it'd just be lovely. Be a great time. 100%. Um, okay. Parker, this is for you in terms of like what you see your friends go, th go through. Let's, let's put it from that perspective. If you could change one thing about modern dating, what would it be? I've seen some of my friends go on so many freaking dates. Like, why do you have to go on so many dates? That's like just so much time and effort and like, I don't know, like just if you're, I understand the point of having fun dating, but like 
isn't there a point where you just like find someone and just continue to go and you know have a good time with them instead of just like date this week date next week date next, and just meeting meeting and meeting until you find the right person like what are you searching for i don't know it's confusing to me well i mean in theory yeah that that is the goal to find the person you want to keep going exactly. on dates with but Sometimes you find the person and they're not interested in you. Sometimes you find the person and one of you just takes a little too long to text back and the other starts to spiral and then they take forever to text back and then it just fizzles out when, you know, it could have worked out. A million things happen. Sometimes I just think like how many times, how many times could like a second date maybe help if it was an okay first date and you're like, you know what? It was just okay. Screw it. Done. Maybe a second date is the right answer. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think people should give more second dates out and be open to that because also not everyone is a good first dater. Sometimes it takes people a little more time to open up and to really show who they are. And that makes complete sense. You're meeting someone for the first time. You're not always, some people are really extroverted. They're really good at first dates. And there are other people who they're not. And those people should get that chance to go on that second date and, and really be their best self all right sam what would you change about modern dating um i would change all these unwritten weird ass rules that we have now in like dating apps and i know we talked about this alana and i think you and i are gonna have to sit down one day and start to like make a dictionary a guidebook a burn book for all of these different unwritten rules because they're confusing but there are so many strange things okay so like for example I don't know how you feel about the roses on Hinge, but I was always told that if you give someone a rose, it makes you seem desperate and that the the girl is like above you on a pedestal and you're being desperate for them. And so you don't give out roses then. Is that true? Do girls actually feel that way? Is that an unwritten rule? Did I make that up in my head? Perhaps. I have no idea. So I think there are a lot of weird nuances like that that – that doesn't exist in real actual dating, but these dating apps now have developed these weird rules that we kind of have to know. It's just strange. There's a lot of them. I could keep going. This could be entertaining. There are a million. I mean, yeah, keep going if you want. Well, I, I'm sure you have some too, Alana, but like, well, on Bumble and Tinder and Hinge and whatever you're on, like, are there certain vibes on those apps? Like, do you need to know those vibes before before going in? Like, kind of, right? Like, we all kind of know them. I just take, like, my parents, for example. And if we plug them into this dating world society, how many things that, like, all of us would be like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, that's common sense that they would have no idea, right? Like, ew, like, why did you get a Tinder instead of a Hinge? Like, aren't you trying to look for a relationship, right? Like, these unwritten rules, I think, are taking over our brains and our minds, and they're hard to keep up with. What's an unwritten rule that has nothing to do with apps, like dating apps in modern-day dating? Double texting. Mm, good one. We talked about this Double on texting. our podcast, yeah. too. Yeah. I love that example. It's a big one and for me. In case you guys didn't hear it, and you should go listen to our podcast with Alana, it's awesome. But we talked about this whole concept where if you double text someone, you are focused on your pride and you're worried that they're going to like show all their friends that you double texted them and embarrass you when that's not the case. So, yeah, it's, it's like one. literally like no 
relationship, no situationship, no dating situation has ever ended because somebody sent a double text. But we're so afraid to do that. But it's like, if you have something to say, say it. Like if you want to text somebody something, text them something. Obviously, if you text them and text them and text them and text them and they don't answer, like, you know, that's pick up on social cues. But if the conversation ended and you want to start a new conversation, you don't have to wait for them to do it first because you sent the last message. Start the conversation if you want to talk to them. Like, why is mm. that such a thing that's frowned upon or judged or like looked as desperate? It's not. It's moving a conversation forward. It's trying to get to know someone. It's sharing a piece of information about yourself or something that happened or asking somebody out on a date. And that should be celebrated, not yeah. frowned upon and judged. I, I, I think about it as... If someone holds you to those things, you don't want to be with that type of person unless you like that yeah. type of stuff. I don't know. Like you'll learn a lot from that. And I I couldn't agree more. I haven't been in the double texting thought game in a, you know, a while, but I see what you're saying. I, Jake and I recently looked back. Well, I recently looked back and, and then he joined me in looking on old texts that I had. It was a group chat with two other people who are like very big in the dating world, very well known. And it was, I was texting them about me and Jake between our first and, and, and our second date. And we were reading this conversation of what they were like advising me on. They were telling me like what to say, what not to say. And like what not like I they literally told me to not show up to this first date because he didn't confirm until like an hour before. Hmm. And like Jake, before before your he girlfriend says that's a no no. Come on, don't you weren't you I don't listening? Say, no, no, I don't say that's Is that a no not? no. You don't you don't, don't have to confirm? That, no, Is that an unwritten rule? At some point, but but anyone can confirm. The girl doesn't have to True. sit there waiting around for the guy to confirm, and the con confirmation doesn't have to come at eight a.m. If you're standing like staring at your phone all day waiting for the guy to confirm, like just fucking send the text, being like, "Hey, are we still on for the night?" <laughs> yeah. Like maybe he's busy. <laughs> maybe he has a really big like presentation at work or something. Maybe he's, he's a consultant and he's working. <laughs> no, exactly. But it's like like from like everything from like them telling me to not go to this date or that he wasn't going to show up because he didn't confirm yet up until like between our like first and second date or second and third date. Like the, and and like, believe me when I say I did not listen to them at all, I would hmm. send them screenshots and then they would yell at me for not doing what they said. But like, they were like, no, like don't heart his message. He doesn't deserve your warmth right now. <laughs> or like don't respond or just send a gift just send an emoji and like i literally didn't listen to any of it and i was showing jake this and he's like had you listened to that we would not be dating like wow. we would not be in a relationship because that Whoa. is not how you talk to somebody who you care about or are interested in and that is not True. how somebody would like nobody would receive that and be like oh this person is yeah. someone i want to continue the pursuing. games it's the games and the unwritten rules those yeah. are they're both so toxic for modern dating yeah are emojis 100%. like in now emojis and gifts and stuff are, that was such an old man question emojis. that was hilarious <laughs> i mean i send, oh, I, send emojis, me. I send them all the time <laughs> yeah i mean i think some people are emoji people and some people aren't i don't think there's ever all like right. emojis are uncool i think if you send an emoji in every text you send, like that might be a little bit of overkill. Um, but I think like meet someone where they're at with their emoji game, you know? 
Totally. Like, All right. I, like, I do see like one of my friends um, who's a girl, she, I like read her text with guys and it's like, she sends an emoji and like at least every other text. And like, sometimes they don't send any back. And I'm like, okay, like maybe calm down with the emojis. <laughs> like let them like throw a smiley face or a laughing face in at some point and then continue. Um, but no, I mean, gifts are fun. Emojis are fun. Sending pictures of dogs is fun. But do you um, kind of on, on the same realm? We're, we're not going to get to all the listener questions. Don't worry, you guys. I will answer those at a later date. But one that I do have that really is on kind of in topic with what we're talking is from a girl. And it says, why do you guys text you after the first date and then never ask you to go out again? I can answer this one. Do it. Uh, unless Parker, you have an answer. But um, so I think an asshole. No, I have an actual good reason because I've done this before and I'm going to defend my actions and the actions of some guys out there and explain to the girls why we do this. So I think at least why I've done it in the past is no guy, I think hopefully actually wants to be a bad human being. I think for the most part, guys, parents raise them in a semi-right way and the reason why I in the past have sometimes texted a girls after a first date to check in, make sure they're okay, is you want to make sure one, that that person got home safely. I know that sounds absurd, but like when you go on a date with someone, you feel a little bit like you're connected to that person and you had an evening with them and they were kind of each other's responsibility of I was your date for that evening. So one, I think they want to make sure you get home safely. Two, if reading into this question a little bit further beyond that, if you keep texting them, is that what you think they're asking, Alana? Just like, yeah. did you get home safely or texting no, and then like never asking No, like had a great about? time and then like texting about their day the next day and then it just mm. drops off or fizzles out or like they're waiting. Like I, I will see my friends like texting these guys for like a week and it's like they're waiting for them to ask them out again. And they I don't. See. And okay. to my point, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, you I misread that question them. of thinking no, why did guys you text you right a, away right after? You No, you also have a good point. I, I like that too. I like okay. that answer too. Because I think guys want to be chivalrous and make sure that you get home okay. So if they do text you after the date, making sure you get home okay, don't read into that too much. To the latter half of that question of why do they keep texting you over time? Another thing we talked about on our podcast, Alana, which was in modern dating, unfortunately, you don't pause the app when you go on the first date for the most part. Most people keep their apps on. And guys and girls alike are easily distracted by new people and new things and new ideas and new concepts. So when you go on a date and then you come back and there's three or four other people who liked you, we talked about this as well, right? You might just start talking to that new person and managing two or three or four conversations of people you've gone on dates with in the last month or two with new likes is probably overwhelming for some people. So not that that's a good excuse, but that's my honest answer of why I think guys probably don't follow up for a second date, unfortunately. But why not just send that anti-ghosting text at that point? Because most guys, most guys, unfortunately, don't listen to seeing other people and that advice, because you're right. It is a really good advice and it is a hard pill to swallow for a guy. And I've taken a page out of your book. God, that phrase, I'm just using it all night. (laughs) New drinking game. Take a sip every time Sam says that. Horrible. Um, But Alana, right? Like you really brought to my attention that that was really important to do, right? If I'm going to claim that I'm a chivalrous, nice guy, 
then I need to also reciprocate that towards other humans' feelings. And by sending that message, I think, yes, it is scary and no God wants to send it. It sucks. It's a lot easier to just ignore the problem instead of admitting it. It's not the right thing to do, but it's easier for guys, unfortunately. So they do that. But don't do that if you're listening. It's wrong and it's fucked up. Don't do it. I'll give you an exact script. Put it, save it as a note in your phone and send it. All you have to do is just write down in your notes right now. Pick up your notes app. Hey, I had a really great time last night or insert whatever day it was. And I'm really glad I got to know you. I don't feel the romantic connection I'm looking for, but I wish you all the best out there. Done. Boom. Was that hard? No. It's in your notes now. You can copy and paste it and send it whenever. I think it's an ego thing. Woof. I do. Yeah. It could be a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot lot of things. things. I think every situation is unique. Yeah, 100%. All right, last question, and then I will let you guys go. I will let everybody go. We got, like, the three of us could literally talk for I was about to say, do we really have to end? I'm very much enjoying myself, and I'm having a great time, and... I want to answer more questions. This is great. I'm, ha- I'm having a blast. I mean, okay, Parker, are you in? Let me see. <laughs> oh, what a good boyfriend for those who aren't oh. on video. He's going to check with JJ to make sure that she doesn't need help with making dinner tonight. I know exactly oh, what he's doing. He's a good really one. Sweet. That Parker Yablon. You guys we are both him. so good. Well, we, she makes dinner on nights that I do the podcast, similar to Jake, I'm assuming. Mm. And I cooked last night. But I like when JJ cooks because I don't have to do it. And she cooks well. <laughs> What's on the menu for tonight? We're doing like cavables. So like we're doing a full nice. bread. Like Whoa, everything. Can I come over? Yeah, we like <laughs> do everything. And I we make so much food and we end up eating like none of it. Which makes yeah. for good leftovers. So Exactly. Lunch for the next few days. Exactly. Okay. All right, we got it. We got another question now. All right, let's hit some of the listener questions. My boyfriend doesn't want to move in before we get married. I really do. How do we talk about this? This, this is a Parker question for sure. Wait, my boyfriend doesn't want to move in before we get married. Before we get How married. do we talk? I mean, is it like the end all be all type of thing for for whoever is asking? I mean, I think that's really important. And if they're not on the same page about that and they have to get no doubt on the same page and and be fully transparent of understanding why he doesn't want to move in before marriage. And she needs to understand, you know, he needs to understand why she feels that way too. So it's like, it's full on transparency. Um, And if it's an end all be all thing for you, I think it's, it's tough. I feel like things like that are very, you know, people are grounded in their ways, you know? Yeah. I'm curious if, is it a religious thing? Mm -hmm. Is it something like that? In which case that might be something that you might have to compromise on. If that's something that they've spent their whole life believing and, and wanting and knowing that that was their plan. And you went into this relationship with them, knowing that that was going to be the case, then that might be something you just have to deal with. If it's not a religious thing, and if it's just preference, this is where, yeah, I mean, I think like Parker said, communicating about it, really understanding each other's perspective and each other's why behind it is going to be so important. And maybe there is some sort of compromise, like maybe, okay, you can move in together once you're engaged. 
that could be the middle ground, but you really have to figure it out. And at at the same time, like if it's going to be a deal breaker for your boyfriend, you need to know that if it, and you would need to decide, is it going to be a deal breaker for you? And I think based on your reasonings for wanting it, that might be understandable. You know, like I would never marry somebody without living with them first. Um, but I have a friend who recently became like very religious and they are getting married before moving in together. And that's what they both want. And religion aside, that's also what they both want and what they both feel really good about. So it really is like everyone has their own opinion about it and their own outlook on it. And so you really have to like openly talk about it and maybe, maybe having a a couples therapist involved could be a really good way to facilitate that open and honest conversation and try and do it in a way where you get to a conclusion. I've been going on dates with my current boyfriend since September. We've been dating since mid-November. He previously told me he had not had sex with anyone else since hanging out with me, but I just found out he had sex with two girls, one being after we had sex, but we're not exclusive. Should this be a deal breaker? Man, these are these these questions are hard. This is what you do every day. Goodness. Um, I don't, I don't think that should be a deal breaker, but I do think it's something you need to talk through and that might turn into a reason to break up the relationship. I don't think that these situations can be so cut and dry for the most part of Alana, Sam Parker. Do you think this is a deal breaker? If so, I'm going to end things, you know, in one sentence, it's hard to know the exact picture. So while I, don't think that that person was out there trying to hurt you. The fact that it just came up now might be of concern, but if that's something that you can talk through and figure out their perspective of why they did it in the first place, what was going through their head in hiding it from you and how you're going to overcome that. If you can go through all the, those things and then figure out, all right, now that I hashed all those out, can I actually get over this or not? Because that's the other question you have to ask yourself. Will I hold resentment throughout the whole relationship? And if the answer is yes, then it is a deal breaker. But you need to have that conversation and at least give them the benefit of the doubt to talk through it. Communication is key. That's a really good point that you have to figure out if you're going to hold that resentment. And it's okay if you are. You just have to be honest with yourself and decide that. And one way or another, stay true to that. Like if you know that you are not going to be able to move past this, then you have to move on from the relationship. But if you think you can get past this, then you really have to push yourself past it. I guess my question is like, what do you guys think is the bigger deal in this situation? The fact that he that the boyfriend previously said he did not have sex with anyone else since hanging out with her or, but actually had, or the fact that he had sex with somebody after they had sex, but weren't exclusive. I think the lack of communication is the bigger red flag for me. Um, I just think you need to always communicate. And even if, you know, in that first month of dating that you didn't want to bring it up because you didn't want them to freak out right? Like I can semi get on board with that. I still think it's a little messed up and a little shady. Um, but you want to always try to clear the air of any tangled webs of lies that you maybe have started intentionally or unintentionally as early as possible, because they only get worse. And if this is someone you want to trust for the rest of your life, you need to establish that trust as early as possible. Yeah. Parker, anything to add? I think you learn a lot about someone uh, if they lie 
especially in, you know, your first few months of knowing them, like trust is trust goes a long way. And I, for me personally, like that, that's something that I really value in just life in general. And I assume many people value that. And that is hard to not forget about um, that, that happened because you don't, you know, history, I'm not saying history repeats itself, but history sometimes repeats itself. Yeah. I think for me, it'd be like, well, now how do I know when I should or shouldn't trust what he says? Exactly. It's difficult. Next question. Did she find, wait, did she find out by him telling her eventually, or we don't know. But I found out he had sex with two girls. That I don't know. From someone else she found out? Or Ooh, did she find, find out, out from, from someone him, else? Then that, that's a... Bye. Exactly. Yeah, that's way worse. You deserve better. Find someone who can communicate and be open with you. Totally. Okay, maybe it is a matter of Parker Samoana deciding, is this a yeah. deal breaker? <laughs> right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope you found out from open communication with your boyfriend. Next one. I met this guy who I had an instant connection with. The chemistry was obvious. Our first date lasted four hours without us even realizing it. Great conversation, so much laughter, and awesome kiss at the end of it. We haven't gone on a second date because of our extremely busy schedules, but we've managed to text daily. He always texts first, and we've gotten to know each other through those conversations. He even suggests FaceTiming, and when we do, it's at least two hours each time, and we do that once or twice a week. He recently told me how much he's attracted to me and he values me, but that he's really old school. So he likes to be friends first instead of instantly dating without knowing each other, going hard initially and it fizzling out when both parties realize it's not the ideal person that we made up in our heads. It's all a bit confusing for me, but I kind of get what he's asking for. Should I wait and continue being quote unquote friends and try and get to know each other first? What's your take on it for context? The first date was two months ago. I think uh, whoever is asking this question i think you're living in a nice comfortable bubble i think you are living in the comfort zone and you don't want to leave because it is nice to talk to someone for an hour two hours when you facetime and you know you had such a good connection it's been two months feel the fear and do it anyway get outside the comfort zone and ask this person straight up I really like you. I don't really like you. Like set it clear. Like I want to hang out with you. Let's meet. Um, because if you continue to live in that comfort bubble, what happens is the bubble gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it bursts and you're on the end that you don't want to be on. Yeah. I think it's so crazy to me because my answer to this question six months ago in the middle of the pandemic would be so different than what it is now, knock on wood, now that things are opening up, like totally different. Six months ago, I would have said, and I don't know, maybe this question is old, maybe, I don't know, but six months I would have said, okay, maybe they have health reasons. Maybe they're going home for a wedding to see their grandma and they just want to be extra cautious, right? Like you could use that excuse. Now I think I'm I'm from the mindset of if they're FaceTiming you for a couple hours, and they're putting in that effort virtually, there's some barrier that's preventing them from putting in that effort in person. And whether that's something they will work through or can work through is a little bit out of your control. But I think you need to either try to get them there. And if that's not somewhere where they feel comfortable going, I think you deserve better and more commitment than that. And they need to work out that fear 
in comfort zone on their own and you need to thrive on your own. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a really, really good point. I, to your point about like justifying, oh, well, maybe they have health reasons or, or something like, it seems like this person really just did specify like he likes to be friends first. Um, but I, I definitely think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying where there's something holding him back. Yeah. And maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's a like past experiences thing where he just really feels blocked, but like that is something that he needs to work through. What I would say to you is if you're talking this much and you're having these like really great conversations, maybe try having a conversation about why, you know, like saying we have been talking for two months and I really do want to get to know you in person. Like, I don't know how much longer I can do this for, but I also want, want to understand where you're coming from. Like did something really extreme happen to you before in terms of, you know, like, making up this idea of someone else in their head. Cause the longer you do that, the more you're going to have that idea in your head of who this person is and the more they're not going to measure up to that. So that's actually, I actually think that his approach is incorrect. Obviously yeah. it, it's what he thinks works for him, but based on his reasoning for it, getting to the date faster would actually be a better solution for him. Um, and maybe you can say that, that like, you're going to continue to build up these ideas of each other in your head and then be disappointed when you realize it's not that person. Um, yeah, I'd see. I'd see if you could have that conversation. All right. Two more quick ones. And then we got my little final question. I ask everyone. How's that sound? Sounds awesome. These are great. great. Okay. From what you've seen with your friends and or in your personal lives, are you guys as two white men interested in dating black women or do you have blinders on and wouldn't consider it? That's a really interesting question and definitely one I've never been asked before. I think I am from the, the camp that I, I hope in my heart that our generation is breaking stereotypes and barriers much quicker than our parents and definitely our grandparents' generations. Um, that's what I hope. I hope that's true. I think, unfortunately, in our society, we've started to see that maybe that's not progressing as quickly as we thought. But I don't think that's, for me, a barrier is, is not necessarily race. What for me personally is a barrier that I look for is religion, actually. Um, so I personally am Jewish and something that I'm looking for is a Jewish partner um, so that I can share in those cultural and religious norms. So that's kind of where my head goes first um, is, is to the religion piece that's more of a deal breaker for me. Yeah. What about you, Parker? Hundred percent with Sam, like no doubt in my mind. That's the, it's the biggest deal breaker for me as well. Just being with someone who I share faith with, and um, it's just a value that has been instilled in me since I was essentially a baby. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think I. I mean, obviously, I have a girlfriend now, but I wouldn't be looking for anything else. Yeah. And, and I'm in the same boat. I know this question was directed at you guys, but I'm also in the same boat. Um, and I did say this to the listener when she sent this question in. Um, like if even toggling Jewish on an app would probably remove 99.9% .9 of black men or black women. And that makes it 
it almost makes it a, like a difficult question to answer because it's it's never even been like a thought because of that. Um, but I do have a lot of friends who the friends I know who aren't just looking based on religion. I think they're all actually very open, like guy friends and girlfriends. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Second to last. The question was these few words. Why is it always just sex? Um, my rendition of this question is, is it always just sex in, in your experience and with your friends and the dating conversations you guys have? I assume this is more directed at me to answer. Probably. Okay. Um, I don't think it, it always is. Uh, and I don't think that all guys are going into it looking for that. I think it's one way that humans in dating in today's society express themselves and try to see if they find a connection, whether that's right or wrong. That's the unfortunate reality that we live in. Um, I think you can also tell guys expectations of what they want on a date or on an app very, very quickly to figure out, are they looking for a relationship or are they, in your words, looking just for sex? Um, these unwritten rules that we talked about, right? Tinder is stereotypically, I don't know why, sorry, Tinder, the hookup app, right? Hinge is a little bit more for relationships. Same with Bumble. That's one way you can start to filter out those guys. If a guy suggests for your first date that you meet out with your friends after a night out, Saturday night in New York, hey, do you want to meet for a nightcap? You kind of probably know what he's looking for. Do you want that or not? If a guy says, I would love to have a date with you on a Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, you know, happy hour, you can kind of see where their intentions are. Are they going to take you out on an actual real date or not? Um, so yeah, keep those little clues and, and tips and tricks in mind. If that's not something you're looking for, um, or if it is something you're looking for, you'll now know what to look like. Those are great tips and tricks. Thank you. I like it. I'm hmm. taking a page out of your book. I'm going to tell everybody that. Um, yeah, that was well said. Yeah, I agree. I think there are people where it could be just sex and there are people where it's most definitely not. Um, and I also think that this question can be really gendered. You know, it could be a question really directed at men. But I have girlfriends who 125% will go on dates with people just with the intention of having sex with them. And people think that this is just about guys. It's not. It's a human thing. And guys get that stereotype. And it's it's similar to like I asked a question recently of like who cheats more men or women. And the responses mm. I got were that men get caught more, but women cheat just as much. They're just smarter about it or sneakier and they don't get caught. And I think it's kind of the same thing. It's like people expect that this is something that just men do, but there are probably just as many women doing it as well. Yeah, I appreciate you, honestly, Alana, bringing that up because I think, of course, this was directed at two dudes. Um, but yeah, I think, and there's also nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. like throw that out there. If that is what you are looking for, who am I or Alana or Parker to judge? If that's what you want to go through right now, do you and win the day and enjoy it. But if you're asking that question with the intent of why is it only that on guys' minds, I'm looking for something else, 
and use those tips I said, because I think you'll be able to more easily tell what guys are worth investing some time in and what guys probably aren't. And, and don't be afraid to communicate, like share that you're looking for something or ask them what they're looking for. Like people don't do that. And it's something that it empowers you so much to know what situation you're getting yourself into. And unfortunately, every one in 10, you will get somebody who says they're looking for something serious just to sleep with you because they want to like earn your trust. But that is one in 10 and, and you can't avoid it. You know, shit happens and people say things and do things that unfortunately can hurt us, but you have much, 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 much better chance at finding someone who's looking for the same thing as you. If you ask them what they're looking for and share what you're looking for. Crazy concept. I know communication. Whoa. Wild. What a word. That's a crazy <laughs> what thing, <a> right? <laughs> All right. Final question of the night of the day. Who knows what time people are listening to this of the, of the hour. What's the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? Or Parker, love mm-hmm. advice, relationship advice, all that. I think for me, um, I actually like, I wouldn't say this is like the best advice, but it's something that's really hit home for me recently is I watched, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? He's like a psychologist. He's studying, you know, he's a professor at the University of Toronto. And he had a, a video about, you know, like in relationships, it's not all, it, it just, it, it's physically, it's impossible for it to be amazing all the time, right? You go through the wake-ups, the, you know, I got a shower, you got a shower. There's just a lot. You spend so much time with someone in a given day. And, you know, I think from that, um, it made me realize that my mom always says, it's really about the small things. It's about the little things in your relationship. And uh, for an example, there's something really special about sitting on a couch with, for example, JJ or your significant other, and you're not talking, you're not doing anything together. You're simply just there with that person. And you're connected to them just because you're there and you're being there. And that is something that in every relationship people can do and go through. And it's appreciating those moments rather than saying, oh, we're not connecting. Oh, we're not uh, whatever. Um, No, those are the moments that are like really special because you feel secure. You feel tied to that person and just. I find those to be like some of the happiest moments in a relationship. Uh, so thanks, Paige. Thanks, Mom. And Jordan Pearson, I guess. I love that. You have to send me that video. Totally. Sam? Parker, that was beautiful. You're such a it catch, really was. man. I love it. Um, so are you. This, this is a hey, Take a page out of Parker's book and go be a catch. I, Sam is right. going to make his own book with all my pages from my book. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to make a book on Parker quotes. Parker's perspective. Okay. Um, my best piece of adv- dating advice, I actually think I got a week or two ago in a session with my therapist, Priscilla. And Priscilla. I'll get introspective here for a minute. I, I don't know why Parker thinks that's funny. Okay. Shout out Priscilla. Um, Priscilla sorry. She's nice. No, she's a great woman. So I um, have been obsessed with overachieving my entire life. I don't know why. It's something I'm working through, I'm figuring it out. I think I'm scared of plateauing. That is one of my deepest fears of hitting a plateau and not 
continuing to grow or elevate, which I guess is on brand. So throughout my dating life, I have been looking for a partner who helps me elevate and raise the bar. And so I've been searching for that. And I already have a partner that does that for me. His name is Parker. He's my best friend. And he takes care of the elevating, the coaching, and the pushing for me. I also have it within myself. I need to now look for, instead of someone to raise the bar and elevate me, I need to look for a missing puzzle piece, someone that compliments me well. And so she painted that picture for me of, I've been searching for someone to raise this bar, to push me to the next floor, to elevate myself, when really I need to look for someone that is the missing puzzle piece that compliments me. And that, like, I don't know, when she said that, I was like, holy shit, I've been doing this whole thing wrong my entire life. And it really opened my eyes because I've continually been looking for someone to try to, that's like obsessed with growing and pushing and living and doing all these things and being 110%, which is not sustainable and a lot to deal with. So two of me would be essentially putting me and Parker in a room, which is a lot. So I think that's the biggest piece of advice is look for your missing puzzle piece, not someone to raise your bar. I hope Priscilla gets paid the big bucks from you or from your insurance company, whatever it is. Cause that is so, I'm so glad she was able to point that out. And that is why we go to therapy. You guys, that is literally why if he, if, if Sam was not in therapy, he would not have gotten this amazing, amazing mic dropping wisdom. Um, no, that's really, really like empowering advice. And something that I I hope people can really take to heart and reflect on themselves and think, oh, well, I've been looking for somebody who also went to an Ivy League school or who has this type of like demanding job or wants these things in their career also, because that might not be actually what you need. What you might need is somebody who is the complete opposite of you or somebody who, like you said, like compliments you or somebody who has the same values, but different goals in life and, and wants the same things ultimately in terms of like how they want to like raise a family and stuff like that. But the other things the the day-to-day things, the career things could be totally different. And that's probably a good thing. Like you don't want to date yourself. No, I definitely do not. (laughs) But I learned that the hard way. I thought for a while I did. So I'm very thankful that, that I learned that. Well, I am thankful that you guys are here. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. We 1000%, I keep saying 100%. So now I'm going to say 1000% have to do this again. Where can everybody find you? You can find us at our website, which is elevationnation.io. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at elevationnation underscore IO. Uh, Parker's on Twitter. I'm trying to get on Twitter. I don't really know what to tweet. So if you got any suggestions, let me know. But Alana, this was incredible. Uh, I was definitely nervous coming on a dating show because dating is a scary topic to talk about. But thank you for making it such a nurturing and comfortable environment for us to share our stories. And if anyone out there who's listening is going through something uh, and just wants an ear, someone to listen, reach out to Parker and myself and we will gladly be that ear for you guys. I love that. You guys did amazing talking about dating. And I know exactly what you should tweet, Sam. 
everything that Parker tweets. That's that's oh what I'm gosh. gonna do. That would be so funny. <laughs> that that's my Twitter. I love watch it. him get like all the followers <laughs> and everything. Yeah. No, I mean, I think Sam should just tweet what's on his freaking mind. He clearly has a lot, and you know, that's Twitter in a, in in a nutshell. But yeah, a it lot literally of, says what's on your mind. Yeah, or is like that literally. Um, I can't thank you enough. This was so much fun. Obviously, a very uh cool interesting topic where sam is single i've been in a very serious relationship and sometimes we don't have enough conversations together about where we're at when our in our relationship so thank you for creating that platform but also thank you for your elevating every single freaking person you ever come in contact with and i think it just goes to show with the success of you know your podcast your media company your personal life whatever it is that's just who you are and sam and i are so fortunate and thankful to be in your circle in your world um and can't wait for the next conversation you guys make me feel so good i i appreciate you guys so much seriously you guys are the best um and a big thank you to everyone who made it this far in the episode i think this is to date the longest seeing other people episode but <laughs> i also love every minute of, of it and not a single thing is was is was edited out um thank you guys for listening don't forget to give a five-star rating and review if you haven't yet don't forget to follow elevation nation underscore io everywhere follow sam parker listen to that episode of elevation nation of course if you love this episode share it with your group chat text it to a friend your cousin your coworker, and if you loved it a lot share it on your story and tag seeing other people and elevation nation underscore io all right we'll talk to you guys next time